so they need assistance in seeing. And so we would have to share with them the gospel and saying that you are in darkness, you are blind, and the only way that your spirit can be illumined is by the spirit of God through the power, or by the power of the spirit of God, but because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Got your recording, Derek. Oh no! See, this is better. This is like that. This is like this uh, oh, informal chit chat, informal banter. <laughs> We're talking about the Did chosen. You get that part? Uh, I I don't think I got the oh, Rasputin good. part. Who's Rasputin? Good. I've never heard of that. He was a. Uh, oh, I thought that was Rapunzel. No. Oh. It, He's a Russian. You just said no like this. You said no like, Andy, you are an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't mean it like that. I'll tell you about Rasputin later. Okay. No, but we're talking about The Chosen, which right. I think we yeah. could, we would, we would uh, suggest people watch that. I mean, it's yeah. not, it's not uh, fully biblical. It's, there's, there's some liberties taken, but it, mm-hmm. it gives good insight into um, the, uh, Max is leaving to go do some more painting. Okay. Um, the it gives good insight into the scriptures, mm-hmm. and uh, you have to watch it, uh, you know, with a kind of a understanding that it's mm-hmm. more dramatized. Mm-hmm. But um, in fact, I I think in Monday's podcast I'm going to mention that because there's actually something that connects with the chapter. But welcome back again. It's uh, it's Friday, and it's Memorial Day weekend. Do you do you do anything on Memorial Day weekend? Well, no, special? it's just not Pam and myself. We're at home. I'll I'll do a rib on the grill. Whoa, and some sides and. Wow. To sit back and get fat. That sounds good. <laughs> a rib on the grill. Do you have any... Um, it's kind of popular now to get those, like, all-day smokers. Yeah. You know, yeah, those... Yeah, I, we've yeah. never had those, but no. then I guess when you put it... I mean, we've gone to places where people have had those, and the, the meat just is, like, falling mm-hmm. off. Because, mm-hmm. well, we've had this meat in for 12 hours. Like, what? <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I always see those cows being transported in the trucks and thinking, yeah. oh, man. It's kind of sad. I guess cows aren't the... Are you having pork or beef? <laughs> well, I'm beef? pork. Yeah. Oh, yeah. spare rib. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That was dumb. I, I don't think we eat... Well, whatever. I'm not no, going to say anymore. They, but, there's yeah, also I thought beef, it's beef ribs. ribs. Okay. Sure. Hey, uh, today we're going to be tackling another chapter uh, dealing with the substitutionary atonement of Jesus Christ, and we're going to tackle a section that is maybe the most well-known scripture in the Bible. Uh, people hold John three sixteen up at football games. Um, I would think that many, many, many people have said throughout history that that's their favorite verse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it is. Uh, I like the way the chapter begins with him saying, asking this question: What do you think man's greatest need is? Mm. And and his. Uh, historical illustration there gives us some insight into how far our culture has fallen, mm-hmm. where Teddy Roosevelt in the early 1900s said, our world's greatest need is better railroads. Yes. And just 10 years ago in the United Nations, the world's greatest need is tolerance. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. the world is insane. Right. The world is insane right now. Um not understanding that, of course, it's man's greatest need to be right with God. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, we've talked a little bit about your conversion experience, Derek. Was mm-hmm. there, I mean, this is it was a long time ago, right? I mean, 40-some years ago? Yeah, uh, about, about 41, 41, 42 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
do you recall a scripture that was used in a meaningful way to, to maybe maybe not but um, I, I be honest with you no I don't yeah. it's been so long yeah and that's to say I, I don't I can't think of a scripture you know of course there were scriptural truths but I would say this verse probably has been a verse that has brought many to Christ sure. right and of course it's it's the whole section is rooted in um, the backstory of numbers chapter 21. And again, I just preached on this uh, a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So those who are from our church, will, this will be a little bit of a review. But would you uh, refer to the Old Testament story and just kind of summarize it um, regarding the bronze serpent and how Jesus okay. then in John 3 uses that as an illustration of himself? Well, to, to just put things in a nutshell, the, the nation of Israel, had you know, they were always complaining. Uh, the Lord even talked about the fact that they had more or less tested him mm-hmm. 10 times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Lord does have uh, a, a, a breaking point uh, in the sense that he will judge things. He will judge sin. And what happened was he sent fiery, uh, or I would say uh, venomous snakes. Is that what you or, think it means? You don't think the snakes were on fire, I, I, do you? I don't think that they were literally on I've fire. That, yeah. You know, but I could be wrong. But yeah. I, I think that it meant that they were extremely venomous. Sure. And anyway, he sent those snakes throughout the the uh, the nation of Israel, and and, and they were uh, the snakes were biting people, and people were dying. Hmm. Uh, well, of course, this made these folks turn to Moses and say, "Hey, look, you need to go talk to God, please." Yeah. They were afraid to talk to him, obviously. Uh, and the Lord gave them a solution. He told Moses to take a bronze uh, pole and place a bronze serpent on it. And if they would look upon that serpent on the pole, they would be healed. Now, I don't know if you're going to talk about this, but this was, in essence, a type of Christ. Yeah. Uh, who would be on the cross, and people would have to look to him so that they would not be bitten by the serpents of sin. Yeah. It's it's a, a, a joy to read the Old Testament through the lens of the New Testament because that's more than just a story. Right, that you just recounted to us, it really is, as you mentioned, a type of Christ or a picture mm-hmm. or symbol mm-hmm. of Him. Um, before we, now that we've got that backstory, um, I, I I should have asked this before we gave you that, but last time you defined substitutionary atonement, or that Jesus taking the penalty, atonement is a is it's not a word we use a lot. We, we might use we might use it in the context like. Yeah, it's just not a word that's used in our culture, but I need to atone for that mistake. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I might hear a baseball announcer, a, a shortstop made an error uh, in, the, in the previous inning and some runs scored, and he'll come up to bat, and I've heard the announcer say, he's looking to atone mm-hmm. for that mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, he's looking to make up for something wrong that he did. Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that what we're really talking about when it comes to the atonement of our sins? I, I would say no, and I'd okay. like to use a biblical illustration. Yes. Uh, we think of the ark, uh, when the Lord, Noah's ark, when the Lord brought judgment upon the earth, and he told uh, Moses to cover the ark with pitch within and without. And that was more than just for waterproofing. Uh, ultimately, 
it protected them from the judgment of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the same way that the atoning blood protect us protects us from the uh, the judgment of God. So uh, atonement is more of a covering or yeah. a protect a protective device or uh, 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 to protect us from the judgment of God. Good. Let's talk about um, some different ways that, the, again, this is a book of sermons. I, I believe they probably take the sermons and then, you know, somebody edits them so it reads, you know, better because people stumble sometimes as they preach or whatever. But um, let's talk about the the need for our atonement, the need for our, as you just mentioned, mm-hmm. the protection, mm-hmm. really forgiveness mm-hmm. uh, for sins. Um the need in the context of Numbers 21 and the bronze serpent is that God's wrath is being poured out on rebellious Israelites. Yes. And we uh, are all in rebellion against God. Yes. The, the truth of the Scripture is that all of us are, are under the wrath of God, yet he makes a way out through Christ. What would we say to people, though? Let's think we're giving the gospel to people or people are listening to this who are unbelievers. I don't feel like I'm under the wrath of God, mm. right? Uh, right. Now, we're, we're trying to explain their need, mm-hmm. right? We're saying you need to have your sins atoned for. You need forgiveness. You need to be saved. This is your greatest need. That's what we started with. How do you deal with a person who says you, you you know maybe you're sharing with a relative Derek or or someone in our audiences and 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 they might say hey you need to be saved well why do I need to be saved I you know, they don't well you're under the wrath of God well what do you mean mm-hmm. how would how do we deal with that how do we help people understand that they truly are under the wrath of God well the first thing I think I would uh, share with them is the fact that because they are in a state of sin. They don't even have the capacity to know that they need God's help. Mm. They, uh, they are blind. They were blind at birth. They've been blinded by the power of the enemy. And if they rejected God in some sense through God's judicial hardening, he has blinded them. So they need assistance in seeing. And so we would have to share with them the gospel and saying that you are in darkness, you are blind, and the only way that your spirit can be illumined is by the spirit of God through the power, or by the power of the spirit of God, but because of the blood of Jesus sure. Christ. This is where kind of a false security sets in, right? Because mm-hmm. they feel like their life is going great. Right. Right. In fact, they don't have a need of anything. Mm-hmm. And. This is maybe more of the difficulty. When the people are getting bit by snakes, they see their need. They see it. I mean, right. when, when, mm-hmm. when you are hurt physically, mm-hmm. uh, when that hammer came flying at my face the other day and blood started pouring from my face, and I know I have a need for right. some sort of help. Mm-hmm. I've, I, but spiritual need, and you just mentioned this about their blindness, cannot be sensed. Right. You don't feel, mm-hmm. oh, man, I feel physically the wrath of God. It is only through, and this is just an encouragement to those who are giving the gospel, it is only through the opening, the, the Spirit of God opening their eyes, they will recognize that. That's a, that's a difficult thing, mm-hmm. because and you wish they could understand it. I'm sorry. No. Uh, uh, and I think that uh, we have to understand that that's God's love right there, that he would, 
decide, ordain to say, I'm going to open their eyes to see. You know, it's not like God is trying to hide anything from us. Mm. He wants us to see. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But when he begins to show us the light and we reject that light, then we basically put our own eyes out. Aren't you glad that God... God showed you he was angry at you? Yes. I mean... Yes. It, yes. It's like, where where would I be? Mm. I mean, I don't even know where I am today anyway. I, I still feel overwhelmed as, you know, so much area to grow, so mm-hmm. much you know, maturity as, as a Christian, and it, but it's like, man, i just so grateful God demonstrated that. Um, an interesting aspect of the people crying out to God in Numbers 21 to remove... Uh, the judgment was it does it does demonstrate that they realized they couldn't do anything about right. it, right? And that's right. what people need to realize too. Mm-hmm. Isn't this an, an, like a secondary, very difficult hurdle for people to get over? Because you might get them to even feel sorry for their sins or to recognize their guilt, even in a worldly way. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing they want to do is like that shortstop. Mm-hmm. You know, I made an error in the field. Mm-hmm. When I go to bat, I'm going to hit a home run and make up for it. And that's right. I'm, you know, when you said no, that's not what atonement is. But that's what the world feels like sure. it is. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I I messed up in this area, and I do realize I'm a bad person. So what am I going to do about mm-hmm. it? Right? What do mm-hmm. they think? What mm-hmm. do they What do they think is the solution? Well, they think that they can pull themselves up by their own bootstraps. Yeah. That that somehow I can rectify the problem. And the reality is, is the Bible doesn't give you that option. Yeah. I don't mean to continue on this theme of baseball, but it's almost like if I get more hits than mistakes I made, then I had a good game. Mm. And that's what people kind of think. They, if, I, if, if, if I'm more positive uh, behavior than negative behavior, mm-hmm. I mean, it's always said this way, if my good outweighs my bad, then Christ will save me. Mm-hmm. And there is no scriptural basis for that. Right. What do you think it meant uh, for them to, okay, the, the parallel, and you mentioned the type of Christ, for them to look at the snake, they would be healed. And and now, uh, and maybe I'll even use this for the hymn, if we look to Christ, we will live. Derek, how would you how would you summarize what that means? You're, you're, you okay. would tell someone, hey, look to Christ. What are right. we telling them to do? Well, what I would say as far as they were concerned, though, is they have to realize that it's not the snake that's healing them. Right. It's not the process that's healing him, them. And, of course, we're pointing to Christ now. Yes. And we have to understand that it is that person that is on the cross right. that is actually doing the healing. Mm-hmm. It, so, in other words, it's not an act of looking that does anything. No. Do you think it's possible? And this is just totally hypothetical, so there's, there. I mean, we can't know for sure. Do you think there may have been people who actually physically looked at the snake but weren't healed? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, because sure. probably everybody saw mm-hmm. it, but the mm-hmm. point is they weren't maybe acknowledging right. that they needed to, to or, and they maybe they, they mockingly, you know, I guess the point I'm trying to make is there are people who can, quote, look to Christ right. and not be saved because right. they aren't exactly. doing so in faith. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, again, we can't know that for sure. Um, now, according to John 3.16, why did God do this? Right? Why, why did 
Why did God provide a way for rebellious sinners to be saved? Because he loved us, plain and simple. And it wasn't because of anything that was lovable in us, but because he was being true to his own character. God is love. You, you, we just took a short break between tapings, and you said what I have felt in, in the whole year of reading these books and, you know, reading the scripture. Like sometimes you, you've, you've heard these things so much, but you're, it's still, it still kind of surprises you in how it overtakes you mm-hmm. when, when you hear a certain truth. I mean, when you just said, because he loves us, you just, you just think, why in the world would, would he love us? And, and when it says, for God so loved the world, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I, 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 I think we're in the same boat that we do not like trite. No. You know, I've heard so many people say, when God wanted to show you how much he loved you, he just opened up his arms and right. this wide and died. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, this is, the word so in that is not in intensity. It's not saying he, he loved you so much. No, it's saying, for God so loved the world, mm-hmm. this is the way he demonstrated it. The words, oh. It's a so of demonstration, mm-hmm. not intensity or quality. I, I really like that. If you want to know if God loves you, <laughs> look at the, the cross which he provided as wow. a way of escape. Uh, yeah, uh, I just feel so blessed hearing you say that because as you were saying it, I was writing it down and I huh. wrote down the word demonstration. Yeah. And it made me think that when did God demonstrate that love? Mm-hmm. Not definitely not when we are lovable, but at yeah. our worst, while we were yet sinners. Unbelievable. He did this. Mm. Our world, even when they say God is a God of love, what they're thinking of is sentiment, mm-hmm. emotion, um, certainly not thinking of an active, demonstrable love. This gift that he gave accomplished our salvation. God's wrath, as we talked about in the last episode, has been exhausted on Christ. Amen. Because of that, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So I guess our last question as we kind of wrap this up is, what, what is eternal life? What is this gift that he gives us? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. What is that? Okay, uh, I, I find it interesting because I was reading up on, on, on eternal life, uh, not just from the perspective of duration mm-hmm. to where it won't end. That yeah. is true. Yeah. But the Bible talks about the Greek word zoe, and that's talking about uncreated life. It's the God kind of life. God has always had life in himself. Life was not created for God. And what God gives us in giving us eternal life is he gives us a part of himself Hmm. that we might live uh, not only forever, but live as he lives Hmm. in total harmony with with ourselves. And I don't mean that like pondering our navels on, on a hill. The reality is God gave us a life that that has always existed mm. because it existed in him. Mm. And now he's given us that life. So it's more than duration. Mm. It's a part of who he is. Amazing. Uh, do you think that most people, when they think about eternal life, they think about heaven? 
They think I get to go to heaven. I get to go to heaven and I get to live forever. Forever. Which is is a piece of what eternal life is. Mm -hmm. It's more what you said. But this is is where the danger comes. And maybe I'm wrong about this. Please correct me if you think I'm wrong. First of all, let me just kind of ask a series of questions. I think that when we are saved... We get eternal life immediately. We start having eternal life right away. That's what First John says. Yeah, we're yes. not waiting for eternal right. life. We it's we a receive possession. It. And so, it it is as you said, an impartation really of the divine nature. We know that's included. That He gives us something we never had. He awakens us from the dead and gives us life, a part of Himself. And I think a lot of people who view eternal life as simply heaven will be like those people who look at the snake to try to get the healing, but they really don't right. want God to be a part exactly. of their lives. Yes. yes. And we're going to talk about that a little bit on the next mm-hmm. chapter. And that's why I think I, I, I told my students in class, and, and school year is ending, and I, I said, uh, you know, what? why would anybody who doesn't come to church ever want to go to heaven? Mm. Why would mm. Because mm. They, they don't want God in their lives. Mm. They just mm. want to be safe and in a happy place that they think is going to be a place of indulgence. So I think we're on the same page there, that eternal life is not meant to just say duration or live forever. Mm -hmm. It's the idea that God imparts himself to you, and you are sharing now in a spiritual life that you did not have before. And you will forever because God lives forever. Right, and that's that's an added bonus Mm -hmm. to it, to go to a place where God will be, but it's not, the ultimate is not, well, now I get to go to heaven. Right. And this is why we always, you know, we we should not share the gospel like, do you want to go to heaven when you die? Right. Mm-hmm. Because everyone says yes. Sure. And they'll do whatever you say. Sure. A good way to end it. What a great, uh, a great scripture. We're thankful for uh, what we've learned today. And uh, we hope you have a great weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend, so we'll have an episode on Memorial Day. Um, we'll continue along this discussion we're more than halfway done now and and uh, it's been a good series we hope you've been encouraged by it have a great weekend and lord willing we will see you back here on the podcast on monday